Welcome to the Equip and Ignite podcast, powered by Bill Glass Ministries. Since 1969, God has used Bill Glass Ministries to impact people from all walks of life with the gospel. Whether through evangelism training, at a citywide crusade or prison evangelism event, or just in daily life, God has connected so many people together through this ministry and the power of the good news. While just a scratch of the surface, these are some of those stories. After listening to each episode, we hope you feel encouraged, equipped, and ignited. Kid, I came home from uh, the office one day, and I had hired a, a man uh, who had been trained at a Bill Glass event, and uh, he was working on my house, doing some remodeling. He had just hired a young man who came walking by on the sidewalk and said, can I have a job? And so he just hi- hi- hired him that day and said, sure, come on, help me out uh, on this job. And so uh, I, I came home at lunchtime as I wa- came walking up the driveway. Uh, I wanted to see what they'd done and the progress they were making on my on my house for this remodeling project. And uh, as I came walking up, I heard the uh, individual, uh, the employer, uh, he was saying to the uh, young man, uh, do you have any spiritual beliefs? And then he pulled out of his pocket one of those Bill Glass tracks and started going through it with, with him. You know, I just walked into the house, left him alone, didn't want to interrupt what was going on there. Uh, I was walking in the middle of the conversation, but it was exciting to see um, later on, later on after I'd had, had lunch and stuff like that, he said, Hey, meet your new brother in the Lord. Uh, this guy just accepted Christ wow. as a, as a savior. Wow. And so, uh, it started a journey to start a relationship and, uh, he and his wife started coming to church with this, uh, gentleman from our church and, uh, they came part of our fellowship and here, you know, this last year they've, they've joined the church. They got their kids involved. They were Bible school, uh, vacation Bible school leaders, uh, in our, in, in the church here, and uh, and it was my privilege just about three or four weeks ago to baptize. Wow, that's um, amazing! Uh, both he and his and his wife. So we're excited excited about that whole family. And you know they've had the thing of like, well, listen, if you go to church, you're supposed to bring your family, aren't you? So they've been inviting all their other family members to come too. And so it's been exciting to to watch uh, just the work of that one simple witness and that's that great. opportunity opening to God. Um, to see what the Lord has done with that. That's great. Hello, everyone. This is Kit Van Arsdale uh, with the Equip and Ignite podcast powered by Bill Glass Ministries. And I'm here today with Bruce Zimmerman, who is the senior pastor at the Waxahachie Bible Church. And uh, Bruce, we're just so happy you could join us. It's an honor to be with you, Kit. I've always respected what you've done and enjoyed uh, being a part of uh, Behind the Walls Ministry with Bill Glass. And of course, Bill Glass is a member of our church, you know. Well, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt. No, well, tell you, we're excited good. to have him here. And so uh, that ministry is never too far away from us, you know, because Bill Glass sits on the front row every Sunday, you know. <laughs> yep. Well, tell us, how, how did you meet Jesus? How, do, how did that happen? I came to Christ as a child. Okay. You know, I came from a, a long uh, spiritual heritage of some... some uh, pastors and preachers my grandfather was uh, one of those traveling evangelists with the tents you know wore the wow. white suits and had his kids up there singing would go you know around uh, kansas and missouri and uh he painted on the side uh to uh, pay pay the bills but then on the weekends and then in the summer times uh and when he could you know he'd be gone for weeks uh just pre- preaching the gospel and he had uh uh, regular jail ministry that he did there in Kansas City, Missouri. He would go down the go down the jails 
Really? And uh, preached at the guys through the, through the bars and, uh, and, and shared Jesus Christ with them. And so then I have, you know, my, my father was a missionary, my uncle was a pastor, my brother's a pastor. I, I was around it, like, all my life. Really? And when I was about nine years old, I had uh, a Sunday school teacher who said, who just, uh, one day at the end of class, said, Bruce, what about you? I said, what, what do you mean, what about me? He said, you, you've been around this stuff all your life. You've never known anything different. But have you ever... You know, place your faith in Jesus Christ. Have you ever trusted him? You can't rely on what your parents have done or anything like that. Have you ever? Is is that what you're trusting in? And, you know, I didn't do anything that morning after Sunday school. I just kind of walked off. But that that, that those words, uh, that night I was uh, staying, spending the night. It was the summertime. I was spending the night at a friend's house. We were in a camper in the backyard. You know, it was a cool, fun thing to do. But uh, I, I couldn't sleep because I just kept thinking about the words that he had said hmm. and uh, it was a great privilege later on to to visit with that Sunday school teacher as a as a retired you know, he was a school teacher band director sure. too and to tell him later on um, you know you're the one who really prompted me wow uh, to to trust in Christ for myself and uh, had some you know lots of ups and downs through that time had um, times in high school wondering you know what did I really believe? You know what I mean? Yep. Is this all just been dished down to me? Is this why I believe it? And so it got me on a, uh, a course to examine my faith, my beliefs. And uh, I was, I'm not sure how those books came to me, but uh, Josh McDowell, uh, More Than a Carpenter, mm-hmm. and Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis, were just mm-hmm. instrumental in, in really grounding my faith that there was reason for what I, I believed, you know, what I'd known and heard all my life, uh, that this was true. And I couldn't, uh, somebody else had put it, I could not not believe. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be settled with that, you know. So anyway, it was a journey, a difficult time during those high school years for my parents to watch me uh, struggling and going through this, but I couldn't get the answers from them. It was just because my friends were all saying, oh, you only believe that because your parents believe it. You know? Right, right. So I couldn't go to them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I had to go on the search myself. But that was my, that was my journey. You know? So at what point in time did, did you feel called to ministry? Uh, you know, I, I went to school, studied music, was my uh, degree in college. Okay. And um, my dad had asked me several times, you know, have you ever considered the ministry, the ministry, Bruce? You ever considered, like, not a chance, Dad. Not not doing that. You know, <laughs> don't want to do it. Don't want to do that with my life. Not not a chance. And um, and I had some clarifying moments, like right before my last year. Uh, my brother's a musician, and uh, we were traveling, doing stuff together, playing playing in different places, and doing music, doing music, and. I just watched the difference in him. I liked music. He loved music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Hmm. I just don't have the fire in me about music like he does. And I think if you're going to do it for the rest of your life, that's what you got to have. So that was kind of a clarifying moment for me. I was going to finish my degree because I was just one year away and I wasn't starting over. This right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just going to finish it and get done. But I got interested in uh, studying the Bible really more, and I was confused on the way I'd been taught, hmm. you know, by just different kind of schools of theology or approaches to the scriptures. 
uh, and so I was confused. I couldn't put the pieces together. Old Testament, New Testament, the law, uh, grace, mm. all, all that kind of stuff. I couldn't put the pieces. It didn't make sense. You know, where's Israel's place? What's the church's place? Right. Do the promises of Israel, you know, apply directly to the church? I couldn't, I couldn't put all that together. So I just, uh, I was in contact that summer before my junior year with a number of different, we were in a number of different churches. My brother and I doing music and when I'd see something that I kind of liked in a church, I'd ask the guy, where'd you go to school? He said, I went to Dallas Seminary. It just kept coming up, Dallas Seminary. I know it's not the only school in the world or anything, <laughs> but it just kept coming up that summer. And by the end of the summer, I said, I'm going to apply there and see if they'll take me. And I went there just for the purpose of studying the Bible. I just want to understand the Bible and have a way that makes sense to me in studying the Bible. And so it was really during that, during that time of uh, of studying and preparations there. And uh, I remember my first preaching class. I was scared to death. I'd never preached before in my life. I'd never preached before I'd gone to seminary. I never taught a Sunday school class before I went to seminary. Wow. It's crazy, right? I just yeah. went there to study the Bible. I wasn't, going, I wasn't doing this. And uh, when I took my first pre- first preaching class, after, after doing a couple sermons, the teacher pulled me aside and said, Bruce, this is what you need to be doing. Wow. This is this is what you're you're supposed to be doing. You need you need to hone these skills. You need to work on these skills. You need you know dig in deeper. But this is what you're supposed to do. And um, and I got more and more where I I felt like that he was right. So just through that encouragement, you know, I I asked some people, you know, I didn't have a big Damascus Road kind of experience, right. you know. Uh, that that kind of uh, calling, uh, you know, the light shining and the scriptures popping out, or any, <laughs> anything like that. But I right. just said, to the Lord, I'm willing. If this is what I'm supposed to do, I am willing to be used by you. So you can uh, direct direct my steps. So what was the what was the first step after seminary? What did what did you what did it, you do? You know what I I, I started teaching a Sunday school class. Um, down here at Waxhatchee Bible Church. It was a high school Sunday school class. Really? We had two kids in the class, you know, and three on a good Sunday, you know, 50% increase, you know. <laughs> and they'd bring a friend, you know. So we had big time. So I started teaching the Sunday school class and got connected. And then uh, I was gone traveling again with my brother uh, before my last year of seminary. When I came back, the pastor had just resigned. The first pastor of the church had just resigned. He was here 13 months. He resigned the Sunday before. Okay, so he said, do you want to preach next Sunday? I said, I think I would. And then they said, and the next Sunday? And the next Sunday? And it kept ha- happening like that. And finally said, now we're looking for a pastor. We're going to bring candidates. So uh, we can only afford to bring in one once a month, you know, pay for their expenses and give them an honorarium. So uh, I said, I'll preach every other Sunday. You give me an opportunity to. So that's what I did my last year of seminary. As I was preaching here, three out of four, three out of four Sundays, I just wow. started doing what they had trained me to do, going through the book of the Bible, you know, yeah. and uh, and teaching it. I wanted to know if I could really do that, you know, consistent basis, week after week. Can I do that? Can I do that? Yeah. And then uh, by time March rolled around, I was graduating in May, and they said uh, either because they hadn't found anybody else or <laughs> nobody else would come. <laughs> Nobody else would come here or whatever. They said, "Hey, you're going to graduate. Would you would you consider staying here and, and pastoring this church?" And so, when, when was that? 
That was in May of 1985. Wow. So we started, yeah, we started it. That's awesome. It was an interesting experience. I think you need to have a little more uh, higher opinion of yourself, though. It wasn't, it wasn't just that they, oh, we can't find anybody else. Hey, Bruce, you interested? Come on. Man. Come on. Man. You know, it, it, was a, it, was, it was a crazy time because in January of that year, they said, they said, okay, we want you to quit your other job, and we're going to do a part-time, part-time position for you here in January while I was going to school. Yeah. So, okay, and we're going to pay you. Yeah, a few hundred dollars a month. Uh, I forget what it was. And uh, so I quit my job. I was driving courier cars up there in Dallas, you know, uh, while I was going to school. So I quit my job. I came down here and started preaching, you know, and they mm-hmm. wanted me to come down several days a week and make visits to some of the elderly and sure. people in the hospitals and things like that. That's That was fine. And... Uh, Anyway, but we'd gone all the way through the time when it was, they wanted me to candidate and interview for the job, which was like in April, and I hadn't been paid a dime. I hadn't paid me at all. This is my wife said, you know, so we're going to go to this church, and they said they're going to pay you full time, but they haven't paid you a dime yet. You know, how's this going to work? And you want me to quit my job? Because basically I was living off her, off her check, sure. you know. <clears throat> and I said, well, it's a good experience. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Tell you what, if they don't say anything about the money through this interview process, we'll just not chalk it up as that was an experience for us, mm-hmm. and we'll just go on. So we went through the interview uh, day, uh, spent a couple hours with his search committee and answered all their questions. They said, okay, we'd like you to come back next week, and we get some more questions, and uh, that's fine, but nothing was said about the money at all. Came the next week. I, I can still remember. The, I, I know exactly where the car was parked. I know under the tree where it was parked, you know. Because as we walked out that second time, nothing had been said about the money at all. And my wife and I are just looking at each other like, that's what that means, right? It's over. Wow. We're done. We're done. Mm-hmm. We're done here because nothing was said. And just then the door comes flying out of the back, uh, open out of the back of the church. A guy comes running out. He said, man, I caught you. He says, I've had this check for all the back pay in my pocket for the last six weeks. I just keep forgetting to give it to you. <laughs> and so my wife and I then looked at each other like, well, <laughs> what does this mean now? So, I, so somebody said, your fleece just got dumped on, you know? <laughs> so anyway, but we ended up, we ended up coming here and it been a wonderful experience for so us. 30, 35 going on 36 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. God's been good. They've been patient with me. You know, they should have fired me several times. And I always tell them, I said, and I should have fired you several times too. <laughs> Once again, you need to have a little more confidence in yourself, Bruce. So one of the things that I've noticed about Waxahachie Bible is that y'all are very community-oriented. Uh, right now you're doing the Love Your Neighbor mm-hmm. uh, campaign thing, and, and I know that you're you're plugged in as as volunteer chaplain in, in more than one place, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Police and fire and just the fire department. Just the fire department? Just the fire okay. Department. All right. right. But so so tell me how did in in the thirty six, thirty five, thirty six years that you've been with Waxahachie Bible, uh, how has working in the community, how did that get started? And then how did that just how did God work through has how has God worked through that? Yeah. I th- I remember at one point saying, you know, if 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 our church or all the churches were closed in this town, would it make any difference? Great question. Would anybody say, oh my, where are they? 
what happened? Would would the community really say it? Would really say that we missed them? Where where are, where are they? They had a significant part. If all the churches were closed, but hmm. it's been an interesting year to ask that question, right? For real, a lot of churches have been closed. Absolutely, you know. So I don't know. I just became challenged by that that thought back back then, and uh, and seeing the, the the instructions and scriptures. Do good, do good. Make sure that you're participating in good works. You know, mm-hmm. care for people and stuff like that. So I, I think that just started, and so um, when we saw needs in our community. You met him. We tried to meet the challenge. Tried to meet the, you know. So how biblical of you? Whether it was, you know. So I think one of the one of the early things was to start a pregnancy center. You know, I, we were they were having this prayer walk kind of thing down the down the streets here in October, and uh, it's a good thing. It was, but I was standing next to a pastor. You're supposed to be silent. You know, this silent witness stand there, hold signs. You know, um, down the street. Supposed to be silence and in silent prayer. There was a pastor six feet away from me and from another church, and we got talking. And and uh, through the process of that that day, kind of like this is good, We're praying. God wants us to do something else. Mm. He wants us to do something more. I'm just mm. convinced of that. And so out of that, we formed a group of people from the church, you know, and formed a board and said we're going to try to start a pregnancy center here. That's what we need to be doing. Let's get a pregnancy center. And so uh, I was on the initial board, and all the initial board members were from the church here, you know. And But knowing that this thing was going to consume us, it, it would become the whole the church, you sure. know. If, uh, so we couldn't do that. We had to include other churches and bring them on in. And uh, after a while, they, they jumped on in. And so, you know, then there was a different thing, you know, to start a shelter uh, here in the town. There's no place for people in emergency needs and stuff like that. So yeah. it's just a process of responding to as as needs come, and uh, it's been a blessing to to then have people, you know, who call and say, "Could you help us? Yeah, could you help us? We're trying to do this. Could you help us?" And that's been a, that's been a joy, and to work alongside of other churches in this community. Uh, this church, uh, this community, this is the only thing I've really known as far as ministry-wise is this community. Mm-hmm. But uh, the pastors and churches here work together and do things in har- in harmony with each other. And uh, apparently from other pastors who come in who said, this is like strange, this, like, this doesn't happen other places. Uh, but it's a, wonderful, it's a wonderful place to be where... where um, where churches, you know, a, a group of churches or a whole lot of churches or most of the churches will work together mm. on some goal, some project, or that's a neat thing, neat thing to see happen. That and, is. Uh, we can, we, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful place to be and minister and serve here. So we're watching that happen. But yeah, I was encouraged last year, the Baylor hospital, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they have a pure program called community health partners. Mm. And they, they have people who come in that have no support. They come to the hospital, the emergency room or something like that, but they have no support. Yeah. So they have a surgery or something like that, and they go home, and they can't drive. And they don't have family around to take them to the next doctor's appointment or to get their prescriptions or things like that. So they end up back in the emergency room again hmm. you know, with something that could have been easily taken care of and should have been taken care of by going to the doctor or things like that. Right. 
So um, they had seen that issue here in the community and talked to the chaplain and said, okay, chaplain, we, we, need, we need to link up with the church. What church should we link up with? You know, the chaplain, who's not a part of our church, you know, said, you better call Waxetia Bible Church. That's where you should go. You know, mm-hmm. what a joy. What a joy. And to watch our people just jump on sure. and respond and go through the training and, and get geared in, connected, and sharing the gospel. And I, it was neat to see because I told the people, I said, you know what, if we're linked up with these people, we're going to share the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell them about Jesus. You understand that? You understand that? And they're like, oh, we don't have any problem. We don't have any problem with that. You do all, you do all that kind of stuff, you, you know. We just want you to connect to their physical needs and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's fine. But we're going to share the gospel because that's what they really need, you know. So it's been a good, it's been a good thing for our people to, to do and being connected with. So that's awesome. Yeah. So how did y'all? Uh, how did you find out and get involved with uh, Bill Glass Ministries? Bill Glass Ministries. There was a man in our church, um, and he became friends with Bill Glass. He was a builder in town, and I don't know if you know it was through building or out there in the, where Bill Glass was living out there by the lake and mm-hmm. stuff like that. If, what the connection was. But anyway, he started going to Bill Glass events and he became uh, passionate about it. And he was, he was um, always telling me, I'm going for 10 pen men. I want 10 pen men. 10 men who will go to the penitentiary, you know. And, um, and he'd invited me several times to go and, you know, I found reasons why not to go. Of course. You know, it's always on a Saturday. We all do. Saturday, <laughs> come on. On My Saturdays, you know what I'm doing? I'm thinking about Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't squeeze that in now. I'm yeah, Whatever. I made excuses for several several years. And he was he was bring, bringing a few, a few men with him every time. And some would stick and would come back, you know, and some would just say, ah, say that, that ain't really what I'm called to do or want, want to do or. So anyway, but he, he always had this thing, 10 pen men. 10 pen men. And then he, uh, he got sick. He got uh, cancer. Hmm. And he was, he was signed up. He was going back. He died like in October. He was going in September. Wow. To his, like, you know. It was, he ended up not being able to go. That's the first weekend I went was the weekend he couldn't go. Hmm. I knew he was coming to the end. This is a passion of his, you know, and I was like, I better go. <laughs> I better go before he's gone, mm-hmm. you know. He's been after me, so I'm going to go. And he ended up not being able to go. He was wow. just too sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was my first trip, my first experience with going in with Bill Glass. And it was an amazing, it was an amazing time. And uh, so it was, it was neat, it was neat for me later on to, to um, kind of jump behind it. And after he had passed away at his funeral, we talked about his 10 pen men. Mm. So we're not there yet, but we're going to get there. And uh, later on that year to tell his, tell his wife, I said, we got 10 pen men who are going in. At least. <laughs> And then it's it's grown, and sometimes you know up to twenty, up to twenty guys go mm-hmm. going in on, on events, and um, really it was Gaylord Haynes that he was he was the first one, and hmm. uh, that really challenged me to to get involved. And it's the best, it's the best evangelism training. I tell other pastors, I'm training people in evangelism. This is the best evangelism training and weekend they'll ever experience. I, I've been through lots of other evangelism trainings. 
It's the best one. You get it in the dose, a quick dose. You have a reliable track. You have a methodology that can be used in any different circumstance, any different situation. And people are trained, and they learn how to share the gospel. And they can they can do it, and we will do it uh, going on from there. So. So you're telling me earlier today about a you you were at the jail earlier, and uh, you were there to see one of somebody you knew, and they brought you the wrong guy. Yeah. Um, but yet the track still played a, a piece of this. Tell me that story. Yeah, I I, I went on Monday this week. Monday is the only day they allow uh, preachers to go into Ellis County Jail here, just to do visit visits with uh, in the lawyer room. We have private meeting with the, the inmates. So we got a couple of guys from our church that are down there. And so I'd given the, the receptionist the names, and the first guy that came down there, I'm looking at him like, you don't quite look right. You know, but you <laughs> kind of look right, you know, but, you know, but they shave their heads and, you know, they got their haircuts. And so I was a little confused. And uh, when I asked the guy's name, I said, are you? And he said, no, that's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's my brother. And he says, my brother just got out. He got out on New Year's Eve. And so, uh, well, I was like, well, this can't be by accident. We were supposed to meet today. I, I believe God's in charge. And God has a reason for this. He said, I was, I was afraid you were here to tell me somebody in my family had died or somebody had been killed. Wow. Uh, I was afraid to come down here. I didn't want to come down. And uh, so anyway, so as we visited a little bit, we talk, talked about his brother and, Things like that, and and uh, he started talking about his life, and he had just had a, a baby two days before he was Goodness. before he got arrested. He's looking at five to ninety nine years. He said, "Wow." And he says, "And I just had another baby three months ago." So he's like, "I got to get my life together, you know. I got I got to start doing right. I got to start doing right. What's right?" And uh, so as he's explaining all this stuff, start off with that. The question from the track. Do you have any spiritual beliefs? Oh, yeah, I talk to God every night. Talk to God every night. That's good. That's a great thing. Do you believe in heaven or hell? Oh, I believe in heaven or hell. And how are you going to get there? Well, I got to do better. I got to I gotta be better. I got I to gotta make sure my good outweighs the bad that I've done. I've hurt a lot of people in my life, you know. And he started, started talking about his mom who had been sick, you know, and and how this was hurting her, you know, that he was he was locked up, and you know, and his kids now. Yeah. So anyway, I started just going going through that, and I didn't have the track with me, but I know the track. I've been using it for years, so I knew the track, you know. Right. So how did he respond? He responded. And he he started confessing. I, I don't know if you thought I was a Catholic priest or something like that. <laughs> I did. I did have a black kind of turtleneck shirt on or something. So he started confessing all his. Things that he'd done wrong, and then in the middle of that, he says, "Are we being recorded?" <laughs> he's listing all the things that he had done wrong. But anyway, after after that, and talked about God's love and what Jesus had done for him, on the, he started crying. He started crying. Is there anything keeping you from trusting in Christ right now, placing your faith in Him? Hmm. And he said, "Well, I, I think I may have done that before." I said, "Well, you're not trusting in Him. If you're still trusting in what you can do, and your good works." You're not trusting in Jesus. Because hmm. Jesus is the only one that can help you. Jesus is the only one that can save you. You can never save yourself. And he said, yeah, you're right. I'm hoping I can fix it. So, are you ready to receive Christ right now? He was. 
he was. Awesome. So it was, it was a beautiful thing. So that is awesome. I'm looking forward to going back. What a great way to start my new year. You no know? kidding. <laughs> no kidding. January 3rd, man. Or yes. fourth, fourth it was. Yeah. It was a great way to start the new year. That's fantastic. So That's really good. Anyway, celebrate with the other inmates who then I had two other guys, you know, who were coming in to save me. Let me just tell you what happened, you know. God can use you in this jail. That's right? right. That's exactly right. And there's no other prison ministries going on inside the jail right now. Even the chaplain has been, you know, she's not allowed to go inside the jail is what I understand. And yeah. some of our guys who go in there regularly, they've been put out. So yeah. it's your job. You're the, wow. you're the ones who are in here. There you go. You guys need to share the gospel. Tell people. There you go. So. Teach a man to fish, right? There you go. Let's go. That's <laughs> Let's go. So if somebody wants to if somebody wants to come check out your church, come to church on Sunday mornings or or be involved in some of your community stuff, how how do they get a hold of you? Well, a website, walksatchybible.org. Uh you can call me, 972-921-6067. Uh so people say, Are you afraid to get out your number? I said, No, everybody's got in town anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You know, it's all over the internet anyway, right? I, True. Eight minute number can be found. So yeah, just call call me, and we'll get connect, get connected or come by. And what time are your services? We have services on Sunday at nine o'clock, which is an outdoor service for those who don't want to come in. And then we have a ten forty five service, in person service. Okay. Where are y'all located? Uh, and we are located at six twenty one North Grand in Waxahachie, Texas. That's great. So come well, Bruce, see us. Thanks for your time. Hey, kid. Thanks for letting me have, share this time with you. It's always good to see you. You bet. I want to thank everybody out there for listening in. And if you want to know more about Bill Glass Ministries, you can check us out at BehindTheWalls.com. And we're also all over social media. And uh, we just want to thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Equip and Ignite podcast, powered by Bill Glass Ministries. We hope that you've been encouraged by another story of God working in an amazing way. Our desire is that you walk away from each and every episode empowered to allow the Holy Spirit to use you for His glory as you work out your faith every day. If you're interested in learning more, getting involved, or supporting Bill Glass Ministries, check out our website at BehindTheWalls.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Bill Glass Behind the Walls and Instagram at BGBTW. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Equip and Ignite podcast, powered by Bill Glass Ministries.